0: You're listening to the More on Manufacturing podcast, where we talk about improving the value and operation of your business. Join Mike, Kevin, and the occasional guest for the latest on sales optimization, operational leadership, cash flow management, lean strategies, preparing for the sale of your company, business intelligence, and much more. Hi, I'm Mike Sibley, leader of the James Moore Manufacturing team. I'm here with Kevin Golden, one of my partners, and also a member of the James Lawler Manufacturing team. Uh, welcome, Kevin, uh, on today's episode. We are actually going to discuss. We're going to go a little little different than normal. We're going to talk about uh, 2024, uh, some expectations. Uh, there's there's a lot of economists and you know some of the large uh, CPA firms out there that put out their predictions. Uh, not to mention some of the things that we're hearing from some of our clients and. want to talk a little bit about expectations and how you can build this into uh, thought processes for 2024 for your own business and what this means. And of course, uh, with manufacturing as a general uh, industry, but within that industry, there's a lot of sub-segments within that. So your own segment may be feeling something different than kind of the average, so to speak. So so you got to take that into consideration and, and what you're feeling, what you're seeing, for example, supply chain might be, you might have issues that are different than what others are, are seeing. But, you know, we, we want to talk a little bit and, and and how to prepare for that to some degree. Uh, also, you know, 2024 is an election year, which is going to uh, drive uh, probably all of us nuts with ads, uh, of course. And, and that's always fun when we get into the Into the political discussions and things like that, but of course, what most people want to know is, what is this going to mean for my business? And you know, frankly, we're not going to know until uh, the elections are over. And then, even then, beyond that, where where does that whichever administration wins, where are they going to go, and what does the House and the Senate look like? And you know, how does that evolve? So there's 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 a lot of unknowns. Um, You know, we kind of jokingly say our crystal ball isn't working that good. And sometimes the magic eight ball is, is as good as anything else at this point. But, um, but we'll try to, we'll, we'll try to pin it down to, you know, what, what we're thinking about and, and talking about with clients, uh, as we go and, and, uh, you know, then plan from there. And, and of course, all you can do is put a plan together and then try to be proactive and, and staying ahead as best as you can with things. And, and of course, you know, what, what I, well, we always recommend and kevin and i have done lots of uh you know discussion on put a budget together of course and cash flow projections and h- how is this going to manage and 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 you know as we jump into things on the positive side of things consumer spending is going to continue to uh, increase it's probably going to be a little more steadier uh, we've had some crazy the pandemic really obviously still has have still has some level of impact and and you know Because of the way things have evolved, we we got into uh, high interest rates and high inflation, and the interest rates are trying to uh, control the inflation. And now we're starting to see those inflation numbers come back down. And I think we're you know based on everything that is out there, we're going to continue to see those numbers improve, the inflationary numbers improve. Uh, You know, the Fed's come out and talked about interest rates gradually being eased because they don't want to go too far over uh and and create even more problems. So I think we're going to see some some interest rates come down, which which is going to uh increase. I think probably continue to allow that increase in spending. And I've even seen um, you know, construction starts on, on residential as as mortgage rates have have come down a little bit, starting to see the construction build back up again. And of course with construction, there's materials. With materials, there's manufacturing and other suppliers that that need to uh, be the ones bringing that in. So, I think you know from from manufacturing standpoint, you've got to be ahead of the game on you know where's your where are your material prices going to go this year? Are they going to go up by a lot? Are you in some cases? I'm seeing more moderate increases still. Uh, I haven't seen a whole lot come down, but starting to see in some areas great costs come down, so it's looking at those costs and saying, "Okay, let's get ahead of it." And you know, I know a lot of companies are getting wary of price increases being passed along, but you've got to be ahead, and you've got to be really well communicating. Uh, don't get price increases and absorb those, and then all of a sudden say, "Oh no, I've got to go talk in an emergency." My margins are hurting, uh, so I've I've got to get to a, a much higher price. Think about this in advance. Think about what the you know, your material costs are going to be doing to you, if anything, and try to try to build that into your discussions with your customers ahead of the time to prepare them for some level of growth in pricing to make sure you're not absorbing that and your margins are, are taking a hit. Too many times to see uh, manufacturers behind the game on that and not even realizing until months go by that, oh, our margins down. Why are margins down? Where well, our, our material costs have gone up. And we didn't we didn't flow that through to the customer e- even partially. Uh they haven't passed them along anything. So that's why we talk heavily about uh budgeting, planning, cash flow forecasting, really understanding your suppliers and what's going on in your particular industry. Uh, Kevin, you know, one of the other challenges obviously is is labor, you know, and and yep. that impact. Yeah, no, definitely. And I think one more thing on consumer. I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head first, Mike, with Again, we don't have a crystal ball. We don't know exactly what the future holds, especially given an election year, especially whenever not the economy isn't always rational, right, in how it responds to things. Um, But again, it's putting yourself in a position where you can best react to some of these things that are just simply out of your control. How can I best respond? How can I prepare, have what I need in front of me to make the best decision I can when that time comes, right? And so you're right, as that consumer spending, again, um, you know, continues to be strong, that's going to really bode well. Again, you talked, Mike, about those sub segments those who have durable goods, those things that are, um, that, that are being sold, you know, whatever your widget may be that you're selling. Again, being able, knowing that that, uh, spending is going to continue to remain strong or predicted continue to remain strong, right? Means that, okay, those are those growth, we're going to talk about growth in a little bit here, but those are the growth challenges and things like that they are going to have to be prepared for. On labor, going to that now in labor, definitely. I mean, you could insert just about any industry. I mean, manufacturing, I know we focus on manufacturing, but just about any industry that's had labor issues and skilled labor issues, right? So we're predicting that and we're looking at that's probably still going to be an issue, right? Uh, Especially people who have very specific roles and technical roles, skilled roles, a lot of in manufacturing, you have a lot of those types of people, right? Um, And so... Um, you know, obviously that creates a capacity issue, right? You know, so if we've got, you know, not even willing people, we can go out there and teach these skills to that are able to work, right? Then that's less production capacity we 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 can uh, we can do, and we can and less that means you know less we can support um, by those needing that uh, needing our goods, right? So we have to think a little bit more um, about how we work, right? About working a little bit smarter, about how we do things, right? Whether it's a process procedure we'll talk in a little bit about technology and innovation and things like that. We've got to think a little bit better about that. How can we continue to improve our process procedure, work with the people that we have, right? The great people we have and get more out of them without overburdening them and burning them out and seeing the labor we do have walk out the door again. So expect that to continue to be an issue, right? Um, uh, also, that leads to, you know, supply demand, right? Uh, less people willing to work than those that are willing are going to start demanding and continue to demand higher and higher wages, right? Uh, the economy as um, inflation, even though it may curtail healthy, not be quite as bad as that's still, still going to be there. So that's going to demand the cost of living to go up, which again is going to demand on us as employers, as manufacturers that labor is gonna to continue to go up. So simple supply and demand there that has a ripple effect um, that we're gonna to continue to see, right? Um, and as we mentioned, you know, Mike, um, you mentioned earlier, he hinted at it, you know, that can lead into some supply chain disruptions and so forth, you know, that can, that can again, all these are intertwined and, and connected to one another. It's not just one piece of the, uh, of the puzzle. Um, they all kind of affect one another. What about supply chain you know, disruptions may, can you expand on that a little bit more about we may, what we may experience yeah. before? Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, you know, with with <laughs> when you start talking about the, the competition for labor, of course, first <laughs> and foremost, you know, companies are trying to you know, fill their backlogs and, and deal with that. And so you see manufa- one manufacturer say, hey, I'm going to increase a dollar per hour and people will jump for that dollar per hour. Now, interestingly, one of the other side of you know, one of the on a side note, we've seen people come back because of culture, because there wasn't that good culture. Phase. So, you know, I heard it a long time ago that once you take money off the table, culture is the biggest thing that impacts uh, people and retention. So, building that good culture, building good technology based one of the things people want to use more of and keeps people excited is that technology. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. So, uh, you know, but as we get into supply chain, you know, one of the things Deloitte's got to a a report out that talks about how supply chains has improved the the days, the day, the number of days have improved, but they're not back to the pre-pandemic levels. And again, this, this, there are some suppliers that are, that are doing better than others. And of course, you know, down to your individual level, you're going to, you're going to see, uh, you've got to assess that. And so manufacturing is, supply chain is one area where manufacturers are building in more technology, more visibility through their suppliers and working with them to try to disrupt the disruption and try to improve on on getting, getting the materials when they need it. Back to, you know, pre-pandemic, everybody's talking about just in time. And now it's, hey, we're just waiting. Uh, you know, and, and so it's gotten better. So trying to get back to that just in time, of course, there's challenges. Now we've got, you know, uh, these rebels in Yemen that are firing on, on these ship, the supply ships that are not going to go through the Suez canal. So they're going around and how how do we get through that issue and what, what impacts that going to have? And, you know, I think like everything, you know, there's all these predictions out there but you can't predict when all of a sudden you know the Red Sea is going to be under attack by these rebels who are now sending ships around no longer, and, and you know we saw what happened before when you know there was the that that accident that backed up the the canal and so nothing was getting through that had a bad disruption so you know there's there's always worldwide events that can can change things so that's why from from a manufacturing standpoint you've got to look at your supply chain see how you can improve it use technology to improve it work with your suppliers again now one of the interesting things um i've seen well, actually with multiple clients is where there was such a buildup of inventory in the past year to to counteract the supply chain issues that you know we could be looking at some a little bit of softness in this first quarter as those inventories are are used up then build back up so i've got multiple clients that are that are possibly seeing some of that as well. Now, hopefully with that, you know, what, what you really do is you really gotta make sure you can use your MRP system. If you have an MRP system, if you don't have your smaller use, how do you manage your supply? How much manufacturing material you need versus when you're going to have the POs and the orders that are coming in. So you can try to match that up, match with, okay, what's the average turnaround time with getting the supply, materials that you need in the door. So you know there's a lot more mechanics and time being spent on that, but it's time well worth it. And again, this kind of comes back to budgeting cash flow planning. Obviously, you see people buying a lot more raw materials up front so they can absorb that. Well, there's a carrying cost. Carrying costs are 20 to 30% often of whatever is on hand and so, you know, that can be a big cost especially if you're into a line of credit and things of that nature. So, this is a a very significant area to be planning and and spending time on to try to, to try to mitigate as much as possible. Now, And that's also Mike, I mean, that's also working with those key employees that you have that kind of, you know, you know who they are. There's the ones who grease the the wheels, so to speak, and making sure everything runs smoothly. You know, they need to be informed and need to be have input on this because they're all going to see something a little bit differently um, on what those disruptions and what those ripple effects may be when you have a week, two weeks disruption and so forth. but again it it, it ties back all probably a cul- culmination of what we've discussed all year long, whether it be financial related, whether it be operations or whatnot, being in tune with your inventory system, having a great inventory system, things like that because those are all the signs that oh, well, here here's what that really, here's what that ripple effect really looks like, whether it's dollar and cents or operationally to my customers, to my consumers, what that looks like, um, you know, when we have unexpected things uh, and uncertainty in the economy happens. So again, just be, really being you and your core team, your key members being in tune with these items, again, helps you react a lot better on things that you simply just can't control. Absolutely. So Kevin, talk a little bit, you know, one of the things that's been disruptive, obviously, is, you know, the technology, chip, computer chips, all of these different things. Now, you know, I th- we talked about this, you know, some time ago, but there is, there was, there has been some tax incentives placed out there. Uh, so maybe talk a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. This gets back into the growth in manufacturing, you know, so normally when you have supply chain disruptions like that, naturally um, the industry is going to, you know, take a hit because of that, Right. But we're looking at that because of a lot of what you mentioned, some of these acts like Infrastructure Investment Act, the Jobs Act, the CHIPS Act, that most recently the Inflation Reduction Act, things like these that pushed a lot of the CHIPS Act, pushing out a lot of benefit to be able to mass produce those. Why? To help solve some of these supply uh, supply chain disruptions, right? And so forth. We saw that in the auto industry. We saw that in um, several other industries, the Inflation Reduction Act. A lot of, if you go back and read through all that, which I, if you need a good you know night's rest, go read through any sort of uh, literature like that. But um, if you read through a lot of that, it's a lot of green ins- type incentives, right? A lot of those things at may- that our manufacturers and our clients like in that industry can benefit from or are actually doing as they continue to grow, as they continue to build new plants or new warehouses and things like that, things that the government is supporting right, that you can benefit from to help, again, meet that, uh, a lot of these challenges we've been talking about, right? So again, the the government, the US government themselves, um, you know, have really boosted the infrastructure of the manufacturing to to avoid just a major hit and a major slowdown in our economy, uh, because manufacturing is one of the major industries that drives it all, right? So um, again, like you mentioned earlier, right, because of things like this, that then has that ripple effect. Well, we have new uh, benefits that may be from opening a new warehouse somewhere. Well, that's going to drive uh, construction in manufacturing, right? So again, you mentioned that earlier, that will continue to see that increase with, as these incentives increase. So one, if you're not familiar with what you're doing in these uh, recent legislation and how it may apply to you, definitely make sure you read upon that because it may be something you're already doing that now is applicable to you and you can get a tax uh, credit for um, that just helps out with your cash flow and all these other items we're talking about, right? Um, but then also keep in mind that even though uh, we're not back the pre-pandemic levels of supply chain and not having as much of issues there, we're still expecting because of the, the support of the infrastructure in the manufacturing by the government, we're still expecting that uh, manufacturing is going to continue to grow um, so now you've come across, I mean, that's great growth in manufacturing, but we still having short of in labor. So you can obviously see issues there and why this is so important to stay on top of and being in tune with on a week to week, month to month basis. But yes, definitely want to be making sure that, you know, especially if you're opening any, any sort of new, uh, plant, new location, maybe a new product, maybe doing something different. Maybe you pivoted during all of this, uh, what you're doing make sure you your key advisors and all are in tune with what's actually going on what you're actually doing that may be different or new and seeing if any of these uh areas that the government is throwing money at and tax credits at to help out can help support you and make sure that you know you don't run into some of these uh you know cash flow or operational issues yeah so, and, and I yeah those are those are all great points and you know I think what what this is all sort of leading to, yeah, yeah, on, on, you know, we've given some data and some things to do, but, you know, there's also the innovation side of things. What we've been alluding to all along here is, you know, there's innovation on the product development side of things. Uh, so what's going on in the market? How do we address that? Can we adapt our product differently? Is there, is there a use for our product in the aerospace and the defense industries, which are going really crazy, especially here in Florida? Um, you know, where we've got you know kind of the epicenter of launching to space, right? We've got so much going on there. Um, so product innovation is going to be one thing that, uh, and, and there there still exists R and D credits and things like that. The the legislation out there made it a little less, little less, or a little more painful. But there's still these credits and and ways to to deal with that. So that's one side of things. There's also the innovation internally. You know, Kevin, you talked about processes but there's and that's an important thing especially if you do find yourself with a little bit of a downturn or a little bit of a slow period working on continuous improvement so many of the manufacturers have some level of lean or you know something to work on that continuous improvement but also technology and there's there's a big push for digitizing the floor smart factories ai how do we leverage technology technology that's built into some of the equipment Technology in terms of the data outputs that we can use to make better decisions. uh, How do we use that and make that more automated and and help us manage your your production? Whether it's managing production, building a product faster, better, more efficiently. What are those technologies? And that's one of the. This is this is the next phase of manufacturing. Is the automation? Is the AI? Is the the digitizing it. And, you know, for smaller manufacturers, it may look be a little bit more difficult, but the larger manufacturers are really pushing down that, down that road, uh, which means that technology will eventually get cheaper and easier to implement. But that's something you will be thinking about. So, you know, you start looking, and we've talked about budgets and cash flow. but what about a CapEx budget? What does that look like? Mm-hmm. What what equipment needs do we have? And well, the I was going to say also, I mean, when you, you mentioned there, you know, sometimes when you think of that, you think of innovation, okay, I've got to go out and buy the latest gadget, gizmo software, whatever it may be. But that's one, that may be some one thing to it, investing in it, but it's also whatever you're utilizing, are you getting the expected results out of that? So many times pick a software, pick the latest and greatest, you know, piece of equipment, whatever, not used properly. It's just, you know, a waste of money. It's a waste of time. It's not doing providing the efficiencies it was meant to. So sometimes it's just looking back again, that's part of that lean process, but looking back at, well, what do we have? Is it serving the purpose we thought it would? And better yet, is there a different purpose that we could be using that for? Maybe some tool that we have that is not being used to its fullest capacity. Maybe at the time that we uh, invest in that, we didn't need it to, but maybe today we do, especially given the lack of skilled labor, right? So it's not just, well, I've got to go pour thousands and thousands of dollars into AI or to the newest software or whatever it may be, but it's, yes, looking into those and being smart about those, but then are we getting our return out of that? Is it creating that efficiency we want to? The other comment I want to make is a lot of people think, well, innovation is just a natural knee-jerk reaction to think, oh my gosh, now that's just a replacement for people. Well, one, the lack of labor is there currently, right? Hopefully we won't always be that way. I don't think we will be. We will turn back around eventually, but even whenever we have turned the other way and now there's you know a more abundance pool to choose from, um, it's still utilizing those people in the highest and best use, right? Which is util- utilizing innovation, utilizing technology, AI, and other things like that. Again, to make sure what you're getting out of that person is the highest and best use you need out of that person rather than just a sheer mass of people or a mass of innovation and technology. So again, making sure it's working for you as it's intended, right? Uh, and always revisiting that area, right? To, to um, And last time, and as you mentioned R&D really quick, I know on our last one, we talked a lot about year in and tax incentives and things like that. Again, it's one area, a lot of people, if you're doing anything new, anything different, you may be thinking, well, that's not R&D, that doesn't, let someone know, let your advisor, let someone know, because you'd be surprised that a lot of times that what the government considers R&D and things like that, that may qualify, albeit a little bit more pain to qualify these days. What qualifies can help you out. And know, maybe something, again, you're already doing. Um, and especially if you're venturing in anything new that may be in the innovation technology area, but it doesn't always have to be just tied to, oh, I bought a new piece of cool software that does this, or I'm trying to develop a software. That's part of it. But that's only a, that's only one part of that area. So just to keep in mind uh, keep your key advisors and your people in in tune with what all you're changing, what all you're doing differently year over year because you may be qualifying for some of these benefits that you may think just offhand. oh that, that, that that's not a big change. that's not that big a deal. yeah, but it may be providing you some excellent benefits. So yeah, that's that's a that's a great point, Kevin. Uh, because a lot of the things we've talked about with innovation, falls under the r and piece. So, yeah, you know, thanks for clarifying because that's definitely a key point and often it does get missed uh, in that. So, you know, as as we start to wrap up here, uh, you, you know, a few, while there's some great economic indicators out there, uh, some things that are really going to be positive, this whole soft landing, hopefully, or whatever that ends up being, uh, I, I think it sets up 2024 to be a, a very strong, year, uh, but you've got to plan, you've got to do, you know, do the budget, do the cash flow management, look at your innovation, look at labor, culture, all of those things. Now's that time to to really evaluate that. Get your strategy down. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do this quarter? What's your what's your goal for the year? What are you gonna do this quarter to this first quarter to meet the goal for the year? What are those things? Cause I think if you write them down, if you get your team involved and get your people believing in what you're trying to do. They're, they're going to jump on board. they are going to understand the why. They're going to see these things. And, and I think if you're you're planning ahead, you can be proactive uh, and, and really set your business up for a, a really a great 2024. Kevin, any final comments? Yeah, I think that was a great point about, you know, the fear of the unknown always exists no matter who you are, whether it's like professionally or personally or whatnot, that always just naturally exists there as human beings, right? but we can't really control the unknown. So think about what you can control. Those goals and all that you talked about, I mean, making sure that those are realistic goals and that those are measurable goals, okay? It's easy to say, well, I'm going to grow this, but let's get a little more specific. How am I going to do that? Or I'm going to you know, include this new process procedure or I'm going to do that. Well, let's talk specifics about how you're going to do that. And again, I agree wholeheartedly, getting the uh, the team, those key players in your organization on board and understanding Um, It's going to help give them a lot of buy-in and help support you, especially as the year takes its twists or turns that I'm sure undoubtedly it will take, But you'll be able to twist and turn with it. It won't be maybe quite as hurtful whenever we do so. So no, it's definitely election years. I always think are very interesting years for a lot of various reasons, Um, but just because of uh, it's just so much, a whole lot of talk. I'm always excited to see after it's all settled down, what exactly is going to happen, especially how it's going to impact our day-to-day and what we do in our businesses and our clients. So, um, we really appreciate everyone, you know, um, attending. Thanks for everything. Hope everyone has a great into your year and then we'll, uh, we'll see y'all in 2024. Yeah. Thanks, Kevin. I want to echo, I hope the holidays have been, uh, relaxing for everybody. And, uh, you know, we wish the best for 2024. Of course, Kevin and I are here. If you, you know, as, as you have needs and questions, uh, Feel free to email us, call us. We're always happy to chat. Uh, And with that, I appreciate everybody uh, listening. And again, I wish a successful 2024. To learn more about James Moore & Company's manufacturing services, go to jmco.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our More on Manufacturing series to receive updates when new videos and podcasts are released. If you'd like to be a guest, or if there's a topic you'd like to see covered on a future episode, contact us on our website. You can also follow us on social media for more news as the landscape on manufacturing continues to rapidly evolve.